forget how good NC State is, but twenty one seventeen. Mm. NC State's only allowed twenty points or more one time this year. Okay, again, they Ryan Fitzgerald's in a field goal. Then you got it down. Dilute. Technically, it's twice because East Carolina got twenty one. Or East Carolina got twenty. That's why I said more than twenty. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> Screw you. If if East Carolina can score twenty, we can score twenty four. All right. <laughs> Both of those games are on the road, though. I would like to point that out. Okay, I don't care. Their other <laughs> games are UConn, Texas Tech, and Charleston Southern. Like it's not really saying much. Oh my goodness! Why do you have to roast my prediction? I'm just saying. I, I, I was. He's just, going. With his yeah. gut. He's he's, yeah. he's pulling with this guy. I, I was just saying. I'd be surprised. If hey guys, this is Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live. Go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on FSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Hear the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here on a fantastic Wednesday evening with everybody here. We got everybody on the show. We didn't have VZ for the instant reaction after the Wake Forest game, but it's okay. Me and D-Lou held it down there and Doke after Florida State's first loss of the season to Wake Forest. A tough one for sure. Little, little, A couple more things to talk about, which we will, but with me this evening is Austin VZ, our lead basketball writer at the top. Down below is our lead editor-in-chief at nolgameday.com. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good to see you guys. Uh, it's a little bit of a different week with the loss coming in, but doesn't matter. I got to move on from it and get ready for a big-time game this upcoming weekend up in Raleigh. I'll be honest. Uh, shut up. Despite the loss, I'm doing pretty well. You know, just because Aaron Judge is finally off my TV screen, congrats to him for getting to 62, but also screw you for ruining multiple college football games. And tell me why yesterday I was watching NBA TV at 3 o'clock and let's go in and watch Aaron Judge. I'll be honest, I could care less, but go ahead, Austin. Sorry, I had to get that out of the way. No, it's fine. And it technically it's couldn't care less, but I digress. I don't you, care. You would think the editor would know that. <laughs> I don't um, care. <laughs> I, I think it's time to exercise some demons this week. You know, Florida State's had some bad luck in Raleigh. Why, yeah. why can't it be this year? Why not? Let's, let's start off with some positivity, all right? Positivity? Let's okay. Get, let's, let's get the good juices flowing, you know? Oh. Bad loss, who cares? Let, let's, get it, let's get it going. VZ's got some Moe's in him. He was chomping on some chips, and that's all he needs, and he's got some good juju this week. I still, I still got more. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Make, yeah, as long as you mute that mic and so the audio people aren't in their cars wanting to kill them. Oh, never mind. Probably. It's PG. We don't want to go rated R. But, yes, uh, t- a tough loss. We'll get into things here on the docket this evening. We're going to talk last thoughts on Wake Forest. We'll do practice observations from the week. And Mike Norvell gave us some injury updates on who's going to be limited, who's going to be available against NC State. 
We'll talk some Jamie Robinson. We'll talk some NFL Knowles. And then we'll jump into a full game preview of Florida State versus number 14, NC State. How to leave with a victory. Two players specifically that need to have a big game. And then score predictions at all as always at the end. And then VZ has a couple basketball quick hitters to give us before we end the night. As always, this is the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on any of those platforms, feel free to hit the subscribe button. If you're on YouTube right now, definitely hit the like button if you'd like to. And then the subscribe button would be even bigger because we're dropping a lot more content on there throughout the week. So highly suggest y'all get over there. Let's jump into some things. Last thoughts. We, we don't want to spend too much time on this. We spent about 30 minutes on that instant reaction the other night going over Florida State's loss to Sam Hartman and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. D. Lou, what has changed in your mind? Maybe anything that going back and watching a little bit more of the game, because usually it really is a literal instant reaction. We watch the game, we go down, do press conference interviews, and we jump right on the field so we don't get to watch film as much afterwards. Anything change in your mind about what we talked about? I know we, for a majority of the time, we talked about kicking woes, obviously, but then there was a lot of talk about penalties, a lot of just miscommunication, and that first half was not Florida State football that we were used to seeing earlier in the season. Yeah, I don't know about anything changing on the rewatch. I would say I would, I think the defense played maybe a little bit well than people thought when you look at Wake Forest's numbers coming into the game, held them about. 11 points under their season average, I think two yards per play under their season average. And, you know, Wake Forest had a good game, but considering what they were doing and, you know, they scored 45 or so, whatever it was against Clemson the week prior, that that was a really good offense that Florida State went up against. And it was just unfortunate the way that Wake Forest was able to convert in situations, you know, the 10 of 18 on third down, um, three of three, on fourth down. So whenever it counted, Wake Forest came up big for the most part. But yeah, the the offense, they had that first touchdown drive. And then after that, just couldn't establish a rhythm and credit to Wake Forest for some of that. But, you know, the offensive line had its worst game of the season. And I don't think you would have expected that coming into the game. It was particularly a poor game by the offensive tackles. So you would really love to Roberts got dressed out um, for the Wake Forest game and went through pregame warm-up. So you would really love to get him back this weekend in some capacity because he would definitely be able to help uh, protect Jordan Travis's blind side. It seemed like he got a little a little rattled at times um, with the pressure that Wake Forest was able to get. But despite that, he had a really good game. There was just no consistency. And then, yeah, the penalties, 11 penalties, 96 yards, a season high for Florida State, which they've been a pretty clean football team overall. Um going into that game against Wake Forest. And like Mike Norvell said afterwards, just really uncharacteristic performance. Nine of those penalties came in the second half, um, extended multiple Wake Forest drives, killed a couple offensive drives when Florida State. Jordan Travis completed a pass to Ontario Wilson. It would have been first and goal for FSU. Instead, it's holding on Darius Washington, brings FSU back, and they eventually end up punting um, on a possession where they wouldn't have been able to cut it to a one-score game. So – just some really bad mistakes and some really crucial scenarios, and that killed Florida State against the experienced Wake Forest team. Yeah, you could you could tell it's a more experienced Wake team. You know, it's a everyone's making jokes how they got seventh year seniors and whatever, but it's a very experienced Wake team they going do. against a very young FSU team. It, it, that's just kind of what it looks like. And like Dustin mentioned, there were just mistakes made and costly scenarios that kept FSU from winning that game. 
Yeah, Stan in the comments here, I think he's bringing up a good comment. The first half was like a bad flashback almost to last season and the years prior. Just didn't seem like they were there to play. I'm wondering if the Hurricane had any kind of distractions to it. I know the coaching staff and tried it to say, no, not really. And there wasn't much change to the practice schedule. Dealey, we were out there. The only change really was a 30-minute later practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. Not much of change there. But I want to go back to the offensive line. That that was atrocious at times. I don't know what happened. I, I know you've got Darius Washington out there. And, you know, he's always dealt with injuries and such. But at some point, you've got the experience. And you're talked very highly of, of Coach Atkins and, and Norvell. And he, he can be utilized. He's one of those guys that's a hybrid. You can use him tackle, end side. You can even throw him at center if need be. He's just a guy that can do everything. But at that time in the game, Wake Forest was finding ways to get around those edges pretty easily on those tackles. And I thought that was a poor performance and some of the lowest grades I've ever seen on PFF from in the inside too. I mean, uh, you know, Dimitri did not have a good game. I think out of everybody, it was, it was uh, Dylan Gibbons, but still it wasn't extravagant yeah, performance. Yeah, 60, like a 65. Yeah. So not an extravagant exp- uh, performance from him too. I mean, it just, wasn't a good game on the offensive line side of things. And coach Atkins as a really good coach is going to work. And he's been doing that this week on, on fixing those. And you would hope we'll talk here, some injury updates in a few, but you would really like to have Robert Scott jr. Back because it's starting to show that the tackle play, you lose bless Harris for the season. Now you're going to throw in Darius Washington. And when Robert Scott's not in there too, it hurts. And then what are you going to go to go to a true freshman? You don't ever, you don't want to do that. Definitely going on the road. You don't want to throw Julian Armella in there. He just doesn't have enough experience yet i think yeah you'll give him reps later on but it's not that kind of game to do that you got to hope robert scott jr is available it's just not a not it was ugly ugly to watch that front line on saturday saturday afternoon yeah and it, it gets even tougher you know going against north carolina state now they have a better front seven at least on paper than wake forest did coming in to last week so we'll we'll have to see this is a very strong opponent that florida state's gonna have to try and rebound against team has put in a really strong week of practice and you know I feel like the focus on the offensive line has been there for the most part and like you said I mean and like I said earlier it's it would be huge to get Scott back that's a huge piece of FSU's offensive line and it would just give you the flexibility to move one of uh, Darius or Jastin somewhere else and then you're also have an emergency body in case someone goes down Matt going just one last thing on the offensive line that one drive where Jay Chad and I think maybe Trishon Ward, I mean, they, they were going down that field quick and they're going to put up some points, but Darius Washington hold ruined all that. And then they set back yep. and was there a false start also? I mean, there was multiple things on the offensive line where penalties came in. And like you said earlier, practically a hundred yards that Florida state gave wake force. And when you do that against a lethal offense and a quarterback that is one of the most experienced in college football right now is Sam Hartman. It's just a given that they're going to go down there and score. So, and, and Florida State just couldn't keep up because I also saw so some of the play calling was just odd to me a little bit from just what we've seen earlier in the season with Mike Norvell. I don't know if that was to you guys either, but just didn't seem like he wanted to give any kind of explosive shots. Definitely getting in the red zone there. You've already seen, you've got answers in the first two games with what you got with Johnny Wilson, Malik McLean, uh, Contron Portier. Why not give them shots there in that end zone? But then the only shot you give is Cameron McDonald and triple coverage in the in the end zone. You know, I, I just didn't understand a few things there. Things changed in the second half, but 
when you're playing in these ranked matchup guys, you've got to play all four quarters and send it. It can't just be two quarters at the end. And in that case, Florida State couldn't hang on to a, a ranked opponent that's really good on offense. You got to keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we both mentioned the mistake by Darius Washington on that drive towards the end of the third quarter that would have really helped Florida State out. And then on the last drive of the game, um, I believe it was, I don't know, someone, I think it was Mark Easton got called for ineligible man downfield. And then a couple of plays later, um, Jazz and Turnitin got called for a hold. And that was kind of what forced Florida State into that long field goal situation. And of course, they're running people out onto the field and offensive linemen came out late, which forced a delay of game penalty because FSU didn't have any timeouts left and push it from a 50-yard to a 55-yarder for Fitzgerald, which was credit. I mean, it was long enough, but it did go wide right, and that kind of ended FSU's chances there. There were some plays on that drive that maybe could have been called pass interference on Wake Forest and Florida State. That drive could have easily been extended um, on back-to-back plays. I think it was Johnny Wilson and then Cam McDonald before Florida State kicked the field goal. The ref was right there. Didn't throw the flag, so don't don't really know what happened there. But either way, some big mistakes in crucial moments, and that just that dooms you against a team like Wake Forest, who didn't commit many penalties, didn't turn the ball over on the day, and played a really clean game on on both sides of the ball. And then you know, look at what they did in the fourth quarter with that 18 play drive to run nearly seven minutes off the clock. You know, they were kind of prepared from the get-go and then going back to your point on the play calling the only drive that I really had a problem with was that end of quarter wherever it ended it ended with Fitzgerald kicking the 29 yard field goal you know looking at the play-by-play Florida State ran it five times five consecutive times before like you said throwing that pass to McDonald in the end zone where there were about three defenders in the area and the only the only thing I can think of is that Norvell was trying not to give Wake Forest the ball back because Florida State had some momentum on that drive. It looked like they were going to punch it in and cut it to, I think, a one possession game going into the half. And there was still about a minute 30 or so on the clock. Wake had all three timeouts. I think they were trying to run a little bit more time off because we saw how quickly Wake scored a couple times against FSU, but it just didn't work out the way that he was planning, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got two aggro coaches, and Dave Clawson at that time seemed to be the more aggressive one, and things were working on that, at least on the offensive side. Um, you know, and there, are, there's luckily there's fixes, and there's a way to respond to, and we'll see if Florida State's going to be able to do that. I think Minervell has been pretty confident to start the week that he feels like this team has blocked that out of their mind. They moved on. And they're solely focused on NC State, which you have to be. This is a, a crowd that's going to be a, a sold-out crowd up there. And Florida State, as we know, has not had much success or has had nightmares up there. And it's not fun. And it's not a great experience. You kind of want to just get in, do your business, and get the hell out of there. I personally am not a big fan of that stadium either. So don't blame anybody for uh, wanting to get out of there quickly. But it's just one of those games where it's just – it's all business. You got to take care of your assignments. So that it's going to be a big one. We'll get ready for that preview in just a few minutes. Uh, let's jump into some practice observations from the week. D. Lou, you and I were there Tuesday and wrapped up today. Uh, any anyone stand out to you? I think yesterday, or actually, yeah, I would say today. You can start off with 
Kentron Portier having a really nice day connecting with Jordan Travis. I'd say both days Jordan Travis has has looked pretty sharp. And today he was came with a lot of energy when that war chant was blasting. He was doing it and was feeling himself a little bit. I think J Trav is looking forward to this game this week. And he hasn't had a chance to play NC State in his career. If you think about it, last two years he has not been able to play. And I also we'll, we'll preview this game a little bit more. But I, I thought J Trav looked good and, and Kentron Portier today looked sharp. Yeah, Jordan looked pretty good, uh, especially yesterday. There was only one bad throw that I could really think of on Tuesday, and there were a couple of really good ones where he just put the ball where only the receiver could get to it. Um, there was one in the end zone and goal line drills to Malik McLean where two defenders in the area, but he gets it to Malik McLean in the back right corner of the end zone by just putting enough touch on it where neither defender can get a hand on it, Malik can go up vertical grab and get a foot down and everyone went over there to celebrate that one he was there was a couple throws that were off target today but overall a pretty solid week for Jordan Travis and the big thing to me is he looks you know pretty much 100 percent now after that injury a couple weeks ago against Louisville and you're hoping that his performance which he's been damn good this season when you look at the the numbers and now up to eight touchdowns so just one interception on the season completing a career high I think it was 65.7, but either way, over 65% of his passes. Um, a really good start through the first five games, and it's been huge that he's been able to play in all five of those games as well when you look at his bill of health um, in the past. So just want to see it continue this weekend. Like you said, his first chance to play against NC State. What was it? Chubba Purdy got the start in 2020. Milton last year. Um Florida State had a chance in both of those games, so we'll see if Jordan can lead them to a win this time around. Jordan, too, worth mentioning, without the brace this week. No brace. So that started on Tuesday. Put that out on Twitter. Uh, And that's a good sign for him being fully, hopefully, 100%, 100%. And I want to see into this game this upcoming weekend. Understand... We want, we want Jay Trav to throw. I, I, it seems like that's just been a campaign all throughout the summer and spring, everything added in and the start of the season. But at some point, got to let him run. And I, I think, too, in his mindset, he's keeping his eyes downfield, and it's worked very well this season, too. But in some po- at some cases, they're just not going to be open, and you've got to throw – you can make runs rather than just throwing it away. And I think that's something that Coach Tokar is, is going to continue to work on with, with Jay Trav and, and get better at. Because Jay Trav's legs are, are extremely special. One defensive player who I thought looked good this week was Pat Payton. Uh, definitely today, I had a nice uh, pass deflection right on the line there. Pat Payton continues to grow and get better. I think he's on the heels of McLendon here of getting more playing time. Um, you get more experience out of McLendon, but I think talent, raw talent wise, Pat Payton has him there. Uh, I, I, I just really like what I've seen from Pat Payton. He's quick off the edge. He's good in the run. He's still learning, yes, but it's going to be such a fun time to watch him next year alongside Jared Verse. It's going to be very fun. But number 56, look look for him this upcoming weekend. I thought he's looked really locked in and keyed in. It just seems like now we've seen him in the spring grow into now. Things have just came to him. It just looks like a smooth player out there. He just doesn't look like a younger player anymore. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that he has a lot more – confidence because he he had shown some flashes in practice but he hadn't really done it on the field until 
these last couple of games and you know you see the the sack this past weekend against Wake Forest he's been he's been putting these positive performances together and you know the sky is the limit for this kid a redshirt freshman um, a really impressive build for a defensive end really good athleticism for a guy off the edge and his best football is definitely ahead of him and excited to see what he can d- develop into especially when you look at the other defensive end that defensive ends of Florida State has you know you mentioned McClendon but then Jared Burse and Dennis Briggs as well I feel like Pat Payton brings a different element to that room so it's nice to have guys with different skill sets so you can kind of rotate in and out that was a guy too that went down I personally didn't get to see it as I was heading down there to the field but went down got back up he's been a full participant in practice this week so he's good to go uh, speaking of guys good to go, let's jump into some injury updates that Mike Norvell gave us. We don't usually get these, so super appreciative of Coach letting, not, letting us in and a couple nuggets here. Uh, let's start off with Jared Verse, guy that got injured at Louisville. It's been a few weeks since we've been able to see him. We got to see him against Wake Forest, though. Limited reps, and then it seemed like throughout the game, added on to those snaps and ended up being a full go and for a guy that I think was probably playing at 80, 85% to have it, that kind of impact is saying something. Jared versus a very special player for that defensive side of the ball. But uh, we just got word from Norvell earlier that he's going to be a full go for the game this upcoming weekend against NC state barring any kind of setbacks, but uh, throughout practice and watching him uh, it, it I'm right there with Norvell. I think he's he's set and let him loose on NC State's offensive line and those tackles. His impact is evident. I mean, 23 snaps against Wake Forest, four tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and um, a sack. So, I mean, to do that, I think he played the, if I remember it correctly, he played the least snaps out of any defensive end against the Demon Deacons and arguably put together the most impressive stat line. So, what he does, um, you know, Florida State's best pass rusher, obviously, he helps a ton when it comes to putting pressure on the quarterback. And if they can play him double what they were able to last weekend, it's just going to help against an offensive line that does have some experience, but also some youth on the left side. Another guy that we got an update on was Mari Gaynor, someone who we haven't seen in a long while, uh, quite a long while. Um Due to injury, seems like he's going to be a uh, full go. That's what Mike Norvell told us, which is a good sign there. Adds in some depth. Uh, not that it's going to play a pivotal factor for Marginer. There's two things that I think of this that FSU should utilize him in. Number one, pass rush. It came out of high school doing that. And I, I wish, <clears throat> at least for for Adam Fuller, Randy Shannon, something to build around him because that's something that he's always been talented at as getting around the edge pretty quickly. And he's much of a thinner body than that's linebacker room. And that's something you can utilize him at. And then two, I'm, I'm hoping that Florida state uh, on the other hand can have Gainer in there to also come relieve Kalen Deloach, Lundy and Tatum Bethune, because I feel like we saw that against Wake Forest. We were talking about in the press box. Why is Kalen Deloach completely off the field on the sideline for an entire drive, which Wake Forest ended up scoring on. What, what, what was going on there? I mean, that was one thing that we never really got an answer on. We never will. I'm wondering if there was rest, worn out, something like that. But when Kalen Deloach or Tatum Bethune are off the field, 
uh, defense really struggles. Adding Amari Gaynor in there to hopefully maybe fill in a couple snaps here and there will hopefully help get some rest to some of those guys. Because if you think about it, those three guys are working their tails off all throughout a game for four quarters. Having some rest on the side would be big for them. Definitely a guy like Kalen Deloach who has had a great season and is one that is hauling ass left and friggin' right to get these tackle for losses. So maybe just a little bit of extra rest will make him get those shoestring tackles on the quarterback this upcoming weekend. We'll see how it works out. Definitely expect some rust out of Amari, you know, considering that he hasn't suited up since week zero against um, Duquesne. He did dress out for pregame warmups last week, but didn't end up playing against Wake Forest for whatever reason. I'm guessing he was maybe a game time decision and they wanted to see how he responded in pregame warmups and he just wasn't quite ready to go yet. But either way, good for Florida State to have another linebacker back there room that's been hit with some injuries and like you said a little bit thin with that three-man rotation as well as Brendan Gant getting some time in there so having Amari back even if you know he's still getting back acclimated this week especially it being his first game in a while it's good Um, him being a veteran and Florida State can use him in different ways so we'll we'll see how many snaps he's able to get on Saturday night and what impact he ends up making in him but either way good to have a veteran back on that Florida State defense. Mm-hmm. And like I said, specifically, I don't care if it's even six or seven snaps, just in time to give Kalen DeLoge some rest on the side. It will be huge if you have the chance to. Uh, and then another update that we have is on Robert Scott Jr., a, a big one here, Florida State's left tackle as Darius Washington took his spot this past weekend and substitute this one. Seems like it's going to be a game time decision, and they're going to see how the rest of the week goes. Dustin and VZ, uh, you know, we already talked about it earlier. You know, having him back would be huge for Florida State this upcoming weekend. And I think there's some positive signs, I would say. There's some positive signs, uh, but I truly think it's going to be a game time decision, along like how it was for Verse this past weekend. If he's ready to go, then he's ready to go. But the thing that you're in now is for Norvell, like you already saw how. I don't know bad it was, how bad it was with Darius there. <laughs> how much worse could it be with Robert Scott Jr. at 80%? You know, that's the things I'm evaluating right now because it was just rough to watch. It would be big to have Robert Scott Jr. on that field for FSU on that line for Coach Atkins on Saturday night. For sure. And, and just considering the fact that he did dress out last week and went through pregame warmups and everything, I'm going to, I'm leaning towards that he's going to end up playing against NC State. And, you know, it just depends what fashion he's able to contribute in for Florida State, whether that's starting, playing half the game. We'll just have to see uh, where he is um, on Saturday during pregame while Florida State is warming up. But we've said it a couple times now, having Robert Scott back, it definitely improves Florida State's offensive line. Anything's better than what we saw Saturday. You know, especially as Dustin mentioned, it's an experience front seven that, you know, kind of took advantage of Florida State last year. So getting Robert Scott back would be huge. And you can use Darius Washington as that swing tackle, which I think he's better suited at than a full-time starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would be a very nice addition to a no-line that had not a great game. Another guy, I meant to mention this during practice observations, Jamie Robinson, I thought, had a really good week of practice. He continues to just be in the right spots at the right time, not maybe in statistically, I mean, shoot tackles, yeah, but other other places, at least if you're watching the stretch field on um, film, he, he's in the right place at the right times and 
Coach or Coach Norvell couldn't be more happier with his performance to start off the season. But earlier this week, he was named ACC Defensive Back of the Week. So congratulations to him. Uh, just having a solid season. You know, that's NFL talent that Florida State is able to have in that safety field over there in the back end and very lucky to have it. And he's a special player, so congratulations to him. Any thoughts on Jamie? Good for him. Exactly. Good for him. Congratulations. All those DBs had a good week of practice. I will say Jaron Jones, um, Sam McCall. There are others. But... <laughs> <laughs> There's others out there. Just name them all. Just go through the roster. Demari Tate had a nice play today. Yesterday, and always in nice to mention Demari Tate. Had a had a really nice day. Yep, Demari Tate had a nice play. I'm today. tired. All right, sorry. <laughs> it's been a long week. Yes. Uh, Carol in here is asking about Fabian. Love it. We did not receive an update from Mike and company on Fabian. Uh, we will see how that goes and the progress there. He Mike Norrell did say on Monday though that they are expecting to have him back at some point in the season. So at least that's an optimist optimistic update there. And he said the same thing about Jackson West for that yep. in there. Nice. Yep. In the Jackson. same sentence. That's why it should be mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we love you, Jackson West. Yes. But Fabian Love it. No update there. I guess I mean, shoot, we we've seen the difference there. How much Robert Scott kind of feeds off of uh, Fabian on the other side. It's tough. And I, and I thought, I mean, I've liked Joshua Farmer. I think I've been more impressed with Farmer's play than Jared Jackson at this point. I'm a little shocked by that, but uh, someone on that other side's got to make some moves here. But I, I think Farmer is the one that coach Od- Odell Hagens. He's definitely the one that gets coached the, one of the hardest on the team. It's been that way for over a year now, but Farmers have been a nice substitution for the time being, but there's just nothing like Fabian Lovett, and it goes to show. Let's jump into some NFL Knowles before we go into the game preview. Florida State, there's some Knowles out there. We didn't get to see Jameis Winston play. They were over there in London. Yep. Playing in London against your Vikings, right? It was a miserable game. Uh, we did not deserve to win whatsoever. Uh, Dalvin wasn't very good. Only had, I think it was 76 yards on 20 carries. He's dealing with, I think, his sixth separated shoulder of his career. If you go back to Florida State, um, back running with the harness on, like we've seen him do. Um, yeah, just an ugly game. A lot of people really enjoyed the game, and as a Vikings fan, I'm like, why are we winning this? We don't deserve to be winning this. It was frustrating, uh, especially because I had to be up at 6 a.m. that morning. <laughs> so that didn't make it any better. Um, yeah, just a weird game. Very weird game, which I feel like a lot of the London games are. Um, I would tell you some PJ Williams insight, but I don't remember seeing him on the field very much. Yeah, double doink though. He, he did drop a pick. I do remember that he dropped a pick, but it was an, it ended up being pass interference on Lattimore anyway, so it didn't really matter. That's all I remember about PJ. Yep, Dalvin Cook, twenty carries, seventy six rushing yards, two receptions for ten yards. So I don't know what's going on. Man, I know Jameis isn't out there. Michael Thomas. I mean. I hate hearing his name because I don't ever think he plays on the football field. That's all you the hear. The Saints had so many people out. They had Jameis out. They had Michael Thomas out. They had Andrews Pete out. They had Kamara out. I think Landry was out. No, Landry played. He was just terrible. Um, and then they had someone else out too. I forget who it was. 
That's a good way of putting it. It wasn't out there, but it was just terrible. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was out there, but it was just it terrible. It wasn't very good. But yeah. No, yeah. Jameis and got an update today. Jameis didn't practice again. So it seemed like, and I'll be honest with you guys, I felt like it was a little rush getting Jameis back out there on the field, man. And I, I'm no expert on health and all this kind of stuff too, but watching him practice in some of training camp a little bit, it just didn't seem like he was hundred percent still with that leg. And now you got the back fracture stuff going on or whatever the hell is going on there that no, no, play, no one should even play tennis or golf at that state, but he's playing football in the NFL with that back injury. I think now they're finally giving him some rest, but saints, he, man, they don't have much an, time. And on the injury report, he's dealing with an ankle issue too, supposedly. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, just, what is it? What is going on there? Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what's going on there with the Saints part. Uh, I got to see a, a really fun game on the road on the ride down to Tampa, going to cover the Bucks versus Kansas City Chiefs. While doing so, had on the Steelers game, which is always just so much fun to watch this season. <laughs> so much fun to watch this season. I don't even want to talk about it, but we do have our future rookie of the, the year Jets. starting this upcoming weekend. But Lamarcus Joyner, love you. One of my favorite players to ever come through Florida State, just as a fan of watching football. Marcus Joyner, absolute beast, but comes away with two interceptions on my team. And then Jermaine Johnson decides to just go off here. He had a nine-yard sack in the backfield. Uh, had four total tackles, three solo tackles, quarterback hurry, all everything. You know, just, you know, everybody go off on me. That's just how it works. I'd rather them do it than anything. But then again, they're labeled as the Jets. So I enjoyed it. I know you did. I know you did. You loved it. I'm we sure. were in the car, and I was just like, turned to Logan, just. But really, on the inside, I was laughing. Oh, I was laughing the whole time. Uh, I'm like, sure you were. We, we have we have a one of my coworkers is a Jets fan, and she was clowning y'all. It was pretty funny. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell her to go eat a bag. Uh, Brian Burns, he had a sack as usual. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, man, that Debo Samuel. Woo, God. We can talk about the positives, and then we can talk about the negatives. That was – I didn't see I mean, see Debo it. Samuel's a special talent. Oh, you didn't get to see it? Oh, no, I don't know if I want to pull that up here. <laughs> it was a wide-open tackle that Debo Samuel took him for a little ride there for a touchdown. Not even a ride, just said get off me. Yeah, Debo's a little bit different. Yeah, he is different. Not easy to tackle, and Jalen Ramsey learned pretty quickly. But And Jalen Ramsey's a good tackler, and so – but they had probably like what a five yard set, well ten yard separation, and Debo just he Ramsey went for the thigh pad, couldn't take him down one bit, and Debo practically walked in after that. But that was that was tough. That was rough. He's had a couple couple bad plays this season already. Yeah, uh, I'll go one more rough thing, and then we'll go to a positive sign, as always, with Derwin James. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Cam Akers and L.A. Rams. I mean, they're definitely getting that Super Bowl. What do you call that? Super Bowl high from last year? Hangover. The hangover, yeah. And then this happens. I don't know what's going on with Cam, and I don't know if it's about the offensive line there, but but he's also hurt himself a few times there with those fumbles, like last week. It's tough. And then Derwin James uh, came away. He had six tackles. Um, he's had also, too, just a really good start to the season. I think Chris Sims named him as being one of the top defensive backs in the NFL right now and saying that he's playing his best football ever. 
Which I don't think is much of a surprise about anybody. No, um, fully healthy Derwin. Yeah, James. just that he's finally fully healthy. We haven't seen it in a while. And he's being the Derwin we're used to him being, just flying all over the field. He had, what, nine tackles? You know, this, this is what we're used to Derwin doing. And then we also have to give a shout-out a shout out to Josh Sweat. Been really good this season for the Eagles. Had a sack and a half the other day in three hurries. Proud of him, man, especially for what he overcame in high school. Good for him. Two guys that when they're fully healthy, they can be lethal. He got a nice little contract, too. Yep. Good for him. And got a team that's on the rise, man. Philly's looking pretty good. So, But, yeah, that's practically wrapping up NFL Knowles there. I don't think there's anything else that really stood out on the Seminole side. No, I don't think so. And, no, Bobby Hart hasn't punched anybody. Nobody, He didn't punch anybody this week. Oh, so. God. I, I'm pretty certain that's going to be the only time we say his name all year. <laughs> it will be that that's the well, time that's the only time we probably said it on here and how many offensive linemen are we talking about on the nfl knowles right they'd have to do a really nice block or <laughs> like what bobby hart did do something really noticeable is, is he the only offensive lineman we have left in the league right now um, oh no cam, cam irving no, yeah panthers. cam irving cam irving's with the panthers i forgot about him and believe it or not isn't Rod Johnson on a team? I think Derek Kelly is on the Saints practice squad. Believe it or not. I, no way. I swear. No way. Derek Kelly's still out here. <laughs> There's no I'm way. not trying to hate. I'm just. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. <laughs> we got to figure this out about Derek Kelly. Yeah, because I refuse to believe it. He was. <laughs> I went to saints.com and that's not what I was looking for. That's he was waived the 28th of August. So I don't think he's on a team right now, but, but that's, that's more recent than I thought he'd be. signed to the practice squad. That's the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't say that it just says off season only. So, oh, well, and Rodney Hudson. Duh. Yeah. Oh yeah. A, that's Duh. a big one. <laughs> We're been <idiots>. there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a part of the conversation. Oh my goodness! I just, nah, I how did you think of Derek Kelly before? <laughs> because he's on the Saints. And I but I mean, Rodney Hudson and Rodney Hudson, like that's, that's yeah. he's I mean, on the card. Rodney Hudson is Rodney Hudson. Yeah. Let's don't talk about that. I mean, there's a difference in talent there for sure. So for Derek Kelly to even have a chance here, still going into 2022, is different. Rodney Hudson can probably play two quarters, three quarters of a full game tomorrow. Just no one's to. even thinking about anything in Arizona. I'm sorry. Didn't he almost retire this offseason? Yeah. Mm. Damn. Ronnie Hudson, stud. All right, let's jump into this game preview, guys. Let's jump into it. Florida State's going to be on the road. Had their two home games stretch. Now they're going to get back on the flight and head over to Raleigh, number 14, NC State. What, what, what are we feeling here? Uh, they have four wins on the season, one loss. Haven't really played much ACC play, only one being against Clemson. That game, they lost 30-20. to 20. The first four games, though, they played East Carolina one by one point, 21-20. to 20. Then they, they go over the plate. Yeah. That, oh, that, God, I, I had East money Carolina missed two kicks at the end of the game. They should have lost to East Carolina. Granted, it was at East Carolina, which makes it a little bit tougher, but they absolutely should have lost that game. Yeah, I watched that when I was in New Orleans. It was crazy. Yeah, had money on it because you could bet over there in Louisiana. So lost that money, which was great. But then they go over the char- or they play against Charleston Southern, went fifty-five to three. 
the no next week, yeah, they play Texas Tech 27-14 and then absolutely obliterate Connecticut, guys. No Independence one cares. Conference 41-10. UConn, let's be real. UConn doesn't count. Please, can you quit reading off their scores? <laughs> I think it's fun. First off, here we go, Dustin. You've been laying it like 24-7 on me at practice. Dustin thinks NC State is awful. Doesn't think there's much competition this weekend. Doesn't think they're that great. Go ahead and let it. I didn't say that Florida State is going to blow them out, but on paper, NC State doesn't look like a very good team. They're carried by their defense. Uh, If you look at their offense, they've struggled tremendously. They don't have a bunch of playmakers, and that's really hurt Devin Leary, um, to your point on their points. 22.7 points a game against ECU, Texas Tech, and Clemson. So let's go ahead and take out Charleston Southern and UConn. Talk about a couple realish football teams. You know, you see, realish. I said, I said, realish. Said realish. Thank you for bringing up those. And their offense is 82nd in the country. So it's a struggling unit. FSU's defense struggled last weekend. We'll see if they're able to bounce back here. Yeah, Larry's just completed 62% of his passes right now, 10 touchdowns to three picks. Um, he's very talented, but like Dustin mentioned, there's just not a lot of great skill players. Um, and as we were talking about in the pre-production meeting, I think they don't have their tight end that was really good for them last year. Um, What's his name, Logan? Phoenix. Phoenix. Trent Phoenix. Phoenix. There's multiple Phoenixes out there. There's a lot of Phoenix players out there. Do you have a stat line from last year, Logan? Uh, No, but I can bring that up. No, don't worry about it. You just want me to say his last name a lot. His name is Trent Penix. He went from a running back to a tight end, and he had some good plays against Florida State last year. He will not be available this upcoming weekend, which is a hit to NC State's offense. Definitely Leary. Definitely Leary. God dang it. Definitely Leary because he likes going to him. So that's one hit that they're going to take away from that offense. And, we saw that a little bit against Clemson and NC State playing them. Not like, like y'all said, not a lot of playmakers. If you get after Leary too, he kind of almost like a deer in headlights a little bit. Yeah, you can take some, take some pressures to him, and kind of doesn't know where he wants to go with that ball. And and he had a, he had a slower start to last season, and we're heading into the what the middle of the season now. He had a slower start to last year, and then started heating up, leading the ACC. And throwing touchdowns, passing touchdowns, you got to hope. You know he's kind of having having a slower start again. We'll see if he heats up on Saturday night, which you don't want to have that be the case for Florida State and Adam Fuller. Yeah, we already saw because we talked about it going into the Louisville game with Malik Cunningham. As if that was a game he was going to be wake up, and he woke up. He was he was very much awake for that game. Um, we'll, we'll see if that happens with literally this game. Obviously, hopefully not. Um, but he's a talented quarterback that had a lot of hype coming into the season for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I would say the good thing is he's not the running threat that Cunningham is. So at least you don't have to worry about that factor of the game. But, you know, a guy that who threw 35 touchdowns to five interceptions last year. Yeah, he struggled a little bit to this point. Only 10 touchdowns to, to three interceptions. Um, his completion percentage has dropped off a little bit. And he's been sacked seven times over the last three games. Three of those were against Clemson. But he was sacked twice by UConn. So Florida State – four sacks last weekend against Wake Forest and that ridiculous slow mesh offense that 
I don't even know how to describe it. You're hoping that you're able to get similar pressure here and hopefully even more with Jared Verse expected to be a full go. Um, NC State, they have some experience up front, but um, on the left side of their offensive line, they're they're working in some new players, and they've got a new starting left tackle who – actually, I want to shout out real quick because Anthony Belton, Tallahassee native, went to my high school, Florida High. So I'm hoping he has a good game on Saturday night for the loss. Yeah, the line did move. I think it's down to three as of today. I think from earlier this yeah. afternoon. Yeah. So down down to three, not like Vegas knew anything. Talking about that Wake Forest game, Vegas didn't know Jack. But uh, worth mentioning there for Florida State, down an underdog from five to three. And I think Florida State, I mean, uh, NC State going against Clemson too, they weren't able to find a lot of pressure. That's something that, you know, NC State's going to want to do quite a bit. And if that's the case, then you got to hope this offensive line, I mean, two sides have to respond and we're going to see who wants to respond more Florida State's offensive line or NC State's pressure to get after the quarterback. And Jordan Travis can use his legs and get out and roll out, which he's done a good job of and keeping his eyes downfield. But NC State, has got to play better on that line. And, and if they're going to try to affect Jordan Travis, this will be his first time playing them, the Wolfpack. And I think last year, if you had Jordan Travis in that game, I think he wins instead of McKenzie Milton. I agree, but it's a new year and we'll see what happens. This is a, a really good defense, only allowing 15.4 points a game. 10 of 11 starters are back. Remember, they didn't play ago. anybody, d Lou. Remember, remember, I, they didn't play anybody. I guess, but they've got ten. They've got ten starters back, so that means something to me. Just to have that kind of cohesiveness on defense, and you know, even the game against Clemson, it was thirty to twenty. You know, it wasn't that that bad of a game, and I don't. We'll we'll have to see what happens. For to say they really struggled with this defense a year ago, averaged under two yards a carry on the ground. Milton wasn't able to get a lot done through the air. I think he was 22 out of 44, if I'm remembering that correctly. So, yeah, like we said, we'll see if Jordan Travis is able to add a little bit more of a flavor to this offense. And it's important for FSU not to get in these big deficits early in the game like we saw with Wake Forest because it makes them have to go away a little bit from that running attack, which is a strength of the offense when you – you know, we talk about – that three-headed monster that Florida, Florida State has at running back, they weren't able to utilize all of those guys last year. Treshawn Ward dominated the snaps. Um, Trey Benson and Toa Philly weren't able to get involved very much in the running attack. And I think that has to change this weekend, and it's going to be tough. You know, NC State, they present a little bit of a different flavor with that three-three-five, and I thought Florida State, they were still trying to figure out how to play against it um, during practice on Tuesday when the offense was working against the scout team. But you did see some progression today. So there's some optimism. They'll be able to find some holes. But it's going to be tough no matter what because NC State, three really good linebackers, some decent defensive linemen, some talent in the secondary, though. It's important to note that they'll be without starting cornerback Derek Pitts in the first half for a targeting, a targeting penalty that he committed against Clemson. And old friend Cyrus Fagan, Unsure if he'll play. He missed the last game due to injury, and it would be unfortunate if he's not able to play on Saturday night because he didn't play last year either. So that would mean he missed out on both contests against his former team once he transferred to NC State. But we'll see how that goes. You mentioned yeah, that he'll be available. Oh, 
Sorry. You mentioned whatever, running backs with, with Ward Benson and Toa Philly. NC State's only allowing, you know, just over three yards of carry. Granted, you know, they held Texas Tech and Charleston Southern to like two yards a pop. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be key to get those running backs going. You know, this offense is, I think, coming at its best when the play action's working. You know, the defense is all sucking in towards those bootlegs, and Jordan Travis is just rolling out and hitting options, you know, 10, 12 yards down the field. I think that's when the offense is at its best. So getting those running backs going early, often, and getting north-south. You know, we talked about in the LSU game, they can't be getting east-west, get upfield, attack those gaps. Um, I think that's going to be big for this team. I was expecting a lot more out of Lawrence to Philly, I will say, after five games, after all the praise that Minor Bell gave him throughout fall camp. And he looks good in practice. I, I just don't know if they found a way to utilize him. I think Treshawn Ward is by far your your go-to back in those type of situations. Like the only guy that was able to get north was, was Treshawn Ward against LSU. Um, and he was able to do that in some ways against also – Louisville, and then you also had Trey Benson in there start clicking there in the third and fourth quarter. Getting getting started early in this game is huge, and Florida State has been successful. It's not like, yeah, they can go down there and make a drive and score. That Minor Bell has put together a really nice play call sheet for that first drive, but after that, don't stop. Don't stop. We saw that against Wake Forest, just kind of letting up for, for no reason. That's just not going to be the case. You're once again facing a guy that can throw the ball, He's not going to be like a Sam Harmon, but he can still throw the ball. And definitely if he if he's on the right kind of night and, and he's feeling good, he can be lethal. You, you got to start start fast on offense, but make sure you know where, you're, where you need to be on defense. And I'm looking at that linebacker room to hopefully have, have a big game. You're, you're going to need it. Uh, it's just got to get after Leary because he, he really will. He'll be not so disciplined if you're sending a few guys at him. It's not like a Sam Hartman where you look at the stat sheet there. Whenever he's blitzed, he's pretty damn efficient. And it's going to be the other way around with Leary. Especially on the road, um, you want to establish some momentum early, early, shut that crowd up a little bit because we've all watched Florida State at NC State in the past. That place can get rowdy whenever it gets rocking. Um, and Florida State, for the most part, they've done a really good job of starting earlier in these football games. I believe they've scored on every opening possession this season. And I know it tapered off a little bit there against Wake Forest with some penalties and some pressure from the offensive line. You also had a fumble from Treshawn Ward that was recovered by Florida State. And then you had the fumble from Jordan Travis as well that put Wake Forest right there in scoring position. So you're hoping, and the key word is uncharacteristic, like Norvell and, and Travis said after the game on Saturday, that was an uncharacteristic performance from this Florida State offense. For the most part, they've been extremely efficient. Travis has done a very good job of taking care of the ball as well as well as the running backs. And the offensive line hasn't played that poorly yet this season. You know, they played they played better against that than LSU, and LSU had better talent up front, arguably, than Wake Forest did. So you're hoping that was an off performance and they're gonna be able to rebound, but it's it's not gonna be easy. NC State's not gonna not gonna give anything easy, and it's gonna be huge for Florida State, I think, to convert on third down. North Carolina State allowing just twenty eight per twenty eight point six percent conversion percentage on third down, where Florida State top twenty five team in the country on converting third down. So that could very well be 
your ball game right now, which is why the running game is huge, Austin. I know you mentioned how good NC State is against the run. It's going to be huge not to get behind the chain so that you can convert these third and mediums, third and shorts, hopefully. Yeah, and even Clemson, like, yes, they had 104 rushing yards as a team, but that was on 38 carries. Like, they were running the ball a lot against NC State. You know, that comes under, like, 3.8 yards per carry. I think Florida State's got to be a little bit better than that if they want to have sustained success on offense on Saturday. And I think Shipley had a 50-yard run. Hmm. Shipley's something else, man. That's... We'll see that next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good to see it again. We, we, I think FSU fans already have nightmares. that We talked about it in the season preview about Shipley. That kid's special. But, God dang, it's hard to get him down on the ground, and he's got great vision. Just a, a true sophomore, too. Special, special. Uh, I want to talk – a little bit of what Dave Doran said uh, during practice week for NC State, talking about Florida State. He said, the most impressive Florida State team we've played in a long time. Coach Norvell and his staff deserve a lot of credit for the turnaround they've had down there in Tallahassee. Uh, and as usual, a lot of coaches have to talk about them now. Jordan Travis uh, had some strong things to say about him. He said, last year I thought he was an athlete playing quarterback. This year he's a quarterback. He's throwing accurate passes. He's reading coverage. He's giving his receivers chances to make plays. He's playing really good football. And then to finish it off, he said, they're playing really fast. Offensively, it's what you think. You turn on film against Florida State, and they usually have tremendously good skill players, and that they do. So um, some strong words once again about Jordan Travis, and I'm really excited for JT. Like I said, he was amped up in practice this week. I think he's excited for this for this game, as he should be getting his first true test at him. What are y'all's thoughts on two players that need to have? Who need to step up? Who needs to step up on Saturday? And they can be two offense, they can be two defense, one offense defense. Who really needs to step up on Saturday night in order for Florida State to leave Raleigh with a win? For me, it's hard to go with one player. I'm going with the offensive line. That's kind of that's kind of cheating, but you really need a bounce back performance against a, an experienced NC State defense that's allowing less than 100 yards a game on the ground. They're allowing less than 200 yards a game through the air. Um, they've performed really well. Clemson was able to get some success against them, but you know, only 30 to 20. That's not an extremely high scoring game. And when you consider the fact that NC State was on the road, it's a pretty impressive performance. Um, and Clemson's been trending the the right way on offense going back to that game at, at Wake Forest. You know, they were kind of starting to get into a rhythm. So I was impressed with what NC State was able to do defensively against them. So it's going to be huge for that offensive line uh, to have a bounce back game. And then on the other side, for me, um, Wake Forest, they were able to do not spring too many big plays, but they were able to get too many intermediate runs that were – five, six, seven, eight, nine yards on first or second down that, that put them in a position to extend drives. I need Robert Cooper to step up in that middle and have a really big game for Florida State on Saturday night against North Carolina State. They're averaging, I think, four yards a carry on the season. Two running backs are going to take the majority of snaps, and one of them, we're just going to call him Sumo. He's been a little bit limited recently, but averaging six yards a carry – it would be huge if Coop can plug that middle and make it easier for the linebackers and some of those other guys to make some tackles around the line of scrimmage and for loss. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the defensive tackles as a whole, because um, like Dustin mentioned, if you can 
kind of stay ahead of the chains a little bit, you know, force like 35, 36 instead of, you know, NC State getting four or five yards a pop, especially with Sumo. If, he, if he's getting six yards a pop in this game, I think you're kind of toast. Um, but at the same time, you got to get pressure on Leary. And while we all expect, you know, Jared Verse to get there, the best way to affect a quarterback is right up the middle. If those defensive tackles can make an impact, I think that's going to be huge. Um, and then I mentioned the running backs earlier. I think they're going to be key in this game. I think we're all expecting Jordan Travis to have a good game, um, especially if, with what you guys have been saying in practice. So I want to see the running backs step up, you know, alleviate some pressure on Travis, alleviate some pressure on those receivers, and, and make some plays on the ground. Uh, for me, I'm going to have an easy pick here. Jared Verse, getting to Leary, and I think they're going to try a lot with him and getting him as many packages that they can to utilize him where he's got one-on-ones with the tackles um, because eventually they're going to focus him and have two on there uh, on him. But you, you got to hope that Jared Verse is fully healthy. He, he can be a pivotal factor and really get get get, the, get in Leary's head a little bit, get, get in his head quite a bit. And I also want to throw in just a little one that I would like to see more of and presser, pressure situation. That's Brendan Gant. I want Gant all over the field, and I mainly want him on pressure against Leary if I'm Adam Fuller. One of your best tacklers, one of your most physical guys, one of your speediest guys, one guy that you just don't you don't expect much from him, you don't have much crazy tape on him. Throw Brendan Gannon here this upcoming weekend. I, I've liked what I've seen from him this upcoming season. He also deserves much playing time, like Adam Fuller said in the press conference last week. He deserves much more time, and I, I would like to see Brendan Gant. Um, offensively, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go outside of the running backs, and I definitely agree with y'all. And that's thing. I'm gonna go with uh, Johnny Wilson. I think. Then you know this is how it is. This is how it's gonna be with Florida State now having playmakers on the on each side, and definitely uh, the X route and wide receiver room is, is stacked right now with having Kentron Portier making plays. You've got Terry Wilson too, Malik McLean, now Johnny Wilson. Uh, Micah Pittman's doing his thing, and he had a great game last weekend. Should have came away with the win, man. That would have been a great uh, sealer and something to celebrate afterwards. I'm going to go definitely Johnny Wilson. I think that he can utilize his height in this game, and I think Mike Norvell might have learned that they should have used him a little bit more in that red zone, or at least some uh, someone else, man. I, I was kind of disappointed with not giving some uh, attempts. He literally at caught a height. touchdown in yeah, the red but zone. More, more, more. That one, that one drive, man, ticked me off. Where you go to the red zone and then you're gonna kick that. Field. Yeah, the one drive <laughs> ticked me off. Kick, ticked me off. You're you're lining up for Cam McDonald there, <laughs> triple coverage, man. <clears throat> While you have Johnny Wilson far out right side on man, I don't know one on one. I mean, I trust want to me, see there's there's a lot there's a lot of other stuff you can complain about in that game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Johnny Wilson for me. But let's jump into some score predictions. I don't know who went already. Wow. Yeah, we're there. There's you, Logan. Well, I wanted to offer first last week. No, you gave us a Dave uh, Doran quote. I yeah. wanted to offer a Corey Durden quote because this will be. I mean, we'll, we'll uh, see. Now we're really here. This is what we want. This, we'll this see if great. Fagan's able to play. But this will be the second time that Corey Durden's able to match up with his former team, and he spoke to the media earlier this week and said it's kind of just a normal game this year no personal vendetta or anything I feel like I got that out of the way last year just really focusing on winning football games so yes NC State beat Florida State last year 28 to 14 Corey Durden one tackle 
He got he got it all taken care of last year. Corey Durden so far this year, he's got eight tackles in five games. He also had a comment on Jordan Travis, nothing bad, but just just said he's a tremendous quarterback, tremendous player. He's actually one of my boys, so I'm excited to play against him. I feel like he's definitely an NFL caliber quarterback. He makes their offense go. He's explosive like a receiver, but he's a quarterback. You don't see many people like that. So some compliments uh, from from Durden to JT, and now the two former teammates will face each other for the first time on the football field. So we'll see what happens with that. But it's always fun to follow these storylines with the former players, particularly with two guys that went from FSU and then stayed not only in the conference, but in the same in the same division and arguably with a kind of a rival, I would say, to some FSU fans with the way that NC State's ruined a couple seasons in the past decade or so. Yeah, 20, 2012 for sure. Yeah. 2010 wasn't fun either. No, they weren't. But yeah, nightmares. Nightmares, nightmares, nightmares. Corey Durden, I love it. I love it. He got what he needed to do last year with the tackle, and he's good to go. Now everything's cool. <laughs> everything's fine. I will say that <laughs> locker room is – Let's say that locker room sure has changed quite a bit, though. Sure has here in Tallahassee, I will mention. Uh, Let's jump into some score predictions, gentlemen. We're already here. We're rolling. Uh, Who's up? Is it me this week? Have we already wrapped around? Yeah. Okay. Sweet deal. Perfect. Get it out of the way. Uh, I don't think FSU fans will like this one from me this week. And it is what it is. I went against my gut last week, and that screwed me. And I'm not going to do it again. It's been working so far, but I went to, went against it and that was a bad idea. I not too sure, and I think this team it's really going to show that some of these injuries, at least for Fabian Love and if Robert Scott Jr. We'll see if he's good to go, is going to diminish Florida State's chances in winning this one. Also, I'm don't feel good about special teams play on the on the kicking side, and I think Florida State's going to have to try to get as many points as they can in this one. Uh, and I just haven't – Nobody, you can't rely right now with Ryan Fitzgerald with field goal kicking. I, I think it's all mental for him. We've seen the talent. We've seen it with the leg. It's just not consistent this year at all. So I'm hoping to switch around, but I'm just not feeling it on the road. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, the gut's telling me no. I got Florida State losing this one 28-24 to the Wolfpack, um, sadly. It's my first uh, prediction of Florida State losing this season, but I'm going with my gut of how I felt before the season, too. It's just just the vibe I'm getting. I think Florida State, too, I just feel like that offensive line play, and Ed, I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like it's not going to be fully fixed after last week, and I think it's going to be close to it, what we saw against Wake Forest, sadly. So I will also be going with my gut this week after not going with my gut last week. I wanted to pick Wake to win last week, but I was like, I, I don't I don't really know. But I was the one before the season that said Florida State was going to win this game because I didn't really believe the NC State hype. And I think Dustin's kind of with me that NC State isn't quite what we expected this year. I don't know what Dustin's picking, but I think we would agree that they're not quite what we expect. Um, yeah, definitely not. I, remember, I said Devin Leary was like one of the best quarterbacks in the conference prior to – the season <clears throat> so he hasn't done that so far he could still turn it around but yeah definitely not up to what i was expecting and yeah sorry to no talk for your prediction you're good I was, I was about done anyways um what we have seen from florida state this year is they have these great first scripted drives 
And as much as NC State's been struggling this year, you only need two more, maybe two more scores, three more scores after that great first scripted drive. I've got Florida State 24-20 on the road in Raleigh. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. We kind of saw Florida State struggle a little bit this last week on offense. I think that might continue with a very experienced defense, And but I'm, I'm taking the Knowles. Damn. Okay. Okay. Make sure everybody's dropping their score predictions in the chat, too. we got to make sure we record everybody's. Not just us three. We're recording everybody's what they got in that chat. But right now, it's 1-1. I've got NC State winning this one. VZ's, we're both going with our gut, though, so we're really going to see who has the best gut. <laughs> but you drink a lot of milk. You you drink a lot of dairy milk. What it's what does that have to chocolate, do with anything? Chocolate it's milk. Not, though. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's not it's not great for your uh gut. Not great for your gut. So we'll see. What? <laughs> what? I, I moved to almond milk, man. I had to move to almond milk, which wasn't good for my gut, supposedly. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you just have a bad gut. I think that's. I mean, no. I mean, I, I'm in. I can go to the bathroom right now if we need to. Like, I've got great. I mean, I'm good on my fibers, my fruits, what? my spinaches. My gut's really good. But yeah, we're gonna see who has the best one. One one. Dilu, which way are you gonna go? You're literally at the middle too. This is perfect at the bottom. It's gonna be a close game. You know, NC State really struggling on offense right now. You can tell that missing Zonovan Knight, uh, Ricky Person, Emeka Amezi, losing all those playmakers from last year has really hurt their offense. It's going to take a big game from Thayer Thomas at wide receiver, I feel like, um, to beat Florida State. But it's really just their defense for me. They've got a ton of experience there. They're going to miss some guys in the first half. We'll see what they're able to do throughout the game whenever they get those players back. But NC State's only allowed more than 20 points one time this year, and that was against Clemson last week. So I've, that defense is legit, and it might be the best defense that Florida State has played so far statistically. We'd have to look at the numbers, but they're just really good at what they do, and I don't doubt that Florida State's going to come in with a good effort to try and bounce back against North, North Carolina State on the road, but I just don't think it's going to be enough – in the end, and I'm going to go with North Carolina State 21, uh, Florida State 17. I just I feel like I'd be surprised if Florida State doesn't at least get 20. I feel like they're talented enough at this point. What was that? I get how how good NC State is, but 21 17. Mm. NC State's only allowed 20 points or more one time this year. Okay, again, Ryan Fitzgerald's in a field goal, then you got it down. D-Lew. Technically, it's twice because East Carolina got 21. Or East Carolina got 20. That's why I said more than 20. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Screw you. If, <laughs> if East Carolina can score 20, we can score 24. All right. <laughs> Both of those games are on the road, though. I would like to point that out. Okay. I don't care. Their other <laughs> games are UConn, Texas Tech, and Charleston Southern. Like, it's not really saying much. Oh my goodness! Why do you have to roast my prediction? I'm just saying. I, I, I was. He's just, going with his gut. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's pulling with his gut. I, I was just saying. I'd be surprised if Florida State scored less than twenty. Like, like if I was pull, like if I was picking FSU, I would be arguing too. But I, I don't want to say anything anymore. Like I've already told that I got NC State winning this one, so I don't want to. I'm lose any ugly followers. games and rally. I'm sorry. I know we all. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. It. It, it's gonna rally, be, <laughs> rally, rally, rally. <laughs> Rally, uh, North Carolina. I'm, I'm expecting it to be quite ugly, quite, quite ugly. Damn. Well, it's always ugly at NC State. 
Well, that's a, it's always. an ugly fan base. Let's be honest here. Let's just get straight to the point. It's an ugly there fan base. Ugly, ugly people. Well, okay, now we're going too far, but <laughs> you're just, going too just, far. A, just, just, just a s- disgusting stadium. Just not a fun play. And they do that howling noise all the time. I don't know if anybody's ever been to the NC State Stadium, but nothing special. You'd be better off playing at a high school stadium, and you'd have a little bit better. And that howling noise is so annoying. You know, like FSU. FSU fans do the chop. This is what NC State fans do. It's like a little. That's what it looks like. That's, what, that's every time they start doing. That's they what do I that noise with it too. No, that's so what I hear in my head though. That's what I hear because like, what is this? No one's intimidated by this. I'm fight. I'm in. I'm in a fighting mood. NC State. NC State fans are the worst. They are. Damn. <laughs> Oh, God. It has been a long week. We have not slept a lot. This has been very wary, but we're going to be full force getting ready for the Clemson game next week. But one week at a time, Florida State is going to go on the road. This is a primetime matchup, too, gentlemen. 7.30 kickoff. 7.30 kickoff up there in Raleigh. So, uh, To Michael's comment, I'm not going to Raleigh. I will be in Greenville, South Carolina. Yep. So I'll be at a concert. Oh. And isn't the game isn't the game at 3.30 anyways? <laughs> But you're going to a wedding. Yeah, I thought it was I a am. wedding. I am. Oh. I'm going to a wedding Friday and I fly back Saturday to go to a concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, we will be covering this game fully. So, guys, if you aren't already, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Noel Game Day. We'll have live coverage there. d has got live updates throughout the game. And then we'll have an instant reaction right after Florida State faces NC State. Hopefully, it will be on the good side. Hopefully, VZ's right. I would allow him to take the lead i guess on the show for that so mm, i think i'm down one right because uh, you had us beating oh that's right you. you're up one yeah okay but uh hopefully vz's right on this one in florida state primetime matchup nc state number 14 in the eight. country that's right. number 14 in the country showdown and uh as always this is a podcast on itunes google play spotify if you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button. If you're on iTunes, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can get notified every time we release a new update. But yeah, hit the like button, just like Ricky's saying in the comments before you leave. Hit that like button. It will help the algorithm go to more FSU fans so we can get in here and have a big conversation afterwards. Sorry, and, Carol. And, and before you leave, let me get my two minutes of basketball talk in because we've had some news this we week. Should, we should get two minutes. Yeah, get the two minutes in. We, we've had some news. Um, unfortunately, it's mostly bad news. Uh, Jalen Ganey, you're really high profile transfer out of Brown university, two-time Ivy defensive player of the year out for the season with a, a, an apparent knee injury. Um, huge loss for the team. You know, it's just from who I talked to, he was looking really good in practice. He played really well in the Canadian tour, just a big loss there. Um, expect some Cameron Fletcher to play some five this year, which John Rothstein reported this morning. Um, he even played it a little bit last year. So I wasn't too surprised by that. Also expect to see Nahima Cloud play, play a little bit more. Um, as I tweeted today, he is now a sophomore, which is weird because he was listed as a junior last year. <laughs> um, don't know quite how the math works on that. I was told there was just some miscalculations. That's what with, happened to me a couple of times. Yeah, there's there some miscalculations with he, his one year at JUCO was a COVID year, so it doesn't technically count towards his eligibility, apparently. Mm. Um. So he was supposed to be listed as a freshman last year. He's a sophomore this year. Everything's good. Um, 
And Chandler Jackson is missing most of the preseason with a thumb injury, but he should be good by the start of the season, which is only 32 days away. We are getting there. We are getting there. Expect our first season preview article this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to start clipping these, man. We heard this three weeks ago. I'm clipping no. them easy. Yes, yes, we're good. yes. We're good. Oh, we're, I thought we were getting one this week, right? Do we? It, it's going to be this weekend. Season preview article this weekend. I'm going to write it on the plane tomorrow. Oh, write that down. Someone get that written down. Go ahead. I've been Go excited ahead. for it. It'll be I'm ready for Delio to get in there and start editing those, man. First article Sunday. Season hasn't even started. How many how many bodies have dropped? Jeez. What a, not one. a fun way to look at it there, Techn- Delio. Yeah, that, that's – come on, man. Technically come just on. one. Chandler Jackson will be back, and that's – but, but then Deontay Green and uh, Bembry probably aren't yeah. going to play this year, right? Yeah, I mean, Deontay was coming in. Like, we already knew about that with his yeah, ACL injury yeah, in high sure. school. So that's not anything unexpected. And Bembry, I think he's dealing with some kind of back issue. There hasn't been anything too firm on that or anything confirmed on Florida State side. I feel like if we had heard it, anything about it, we would have heard it when they said Chandler Jackson and then Jalen Gato missed most of the preseason. So he should be good. Just already drops you to, what, 10 scholarship players? Nine? Ten. Well, if you're counting Jackson, yeah, nine. It's tough. That, mean, that means Tom House is going to get more work. Yep. I think he's going to take it to the house. All right. That's enough. That's enough. Let's get out of here. As always, thanks for listening. We will see you guys after the game, really late, after Florida State takes on NC State for our instant reaction. We'll see you guys then. And if not, we'll see you next Wednesday when we preview Florida State versus Clemson when they come to Tallahassee. See you guys. Enjoy the game this week and have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Mama told me not to sell work.